podcast i'm your host noah and joining me once again is patrick thank you for having me once again hello how are you yeah doing good this has been really fun uh, talking about these chaplain movies yeah i've enjoyed it i'm glad you have as well so this one we're here to talk about is the gold rush it hasn't been long since we talked with um uh, the kid, so I'm reckoning neither of us have seen anything recently. Um, so uh, let's go ahead and get into it. Um, the Gold Rush, non spoiler thoughts, Patrick. Non spoilers, this is a great movie. Uh, it's up there with Chaplin's Best for me. It's a five star, but uh, I have it kind of at the lower end of my five stars, if I'm being honest. Uh, whereas you know, the, the last review we did, The Kid. That was kind of the higher end of my four and a half stars. The Gold Rush is more on the lower end of my five stars. So it's very great. Not my favorite, but really, really well done. How about you? I'm with you. Yeah, I mean, for me, like, not being as hard with five stars, but certainly not wanting to have a bunch of them just piled up on each other. And But I'd probably be with you. I mean, this isn't the highest of the high five stars like we've done with Modern Times or City Lights, but this is still really good. I'd say it's probably uh, better than The Kid. You know, I, if you listen to that episode, four and a half stars, but still a really good movie. Um, and uh, this is still really good. Kind of underrated. The the scores for this on uh, Letterboxd aren't as high as with City Lights or Modern Times. But uh, this is still really just, it's fun when it wants to be. It's heartfelt. It's adventurous. Um, uh, Chaplin does this third romance story that I've seen. It still nails it again. Uh, and I just love the setting of this movie with him in Alaska. Um, and just the, the quest for gold. That's so good. And there's some, there's some sad moments in this movie also that we'll get into. Uh, and then there's just those really... Uh, just triumphant moments also. And like I said, probably not as good as Modern Times to see lights, but still really good. I got, like with you, five stars. Just that I, I, So far, I've loved all of Chaplin's movies. This is the one that uh, we had that we were going to talk about that I hadn't seen yet. And I'm glad I discovered this, but it's, it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I'm right with you, man. Uh, so anything else? Into, uh, uh, no, I'm I'm good. I think we can get into spoilers, honestly. All right, yeah, sure. Let's do. Um, so now we're in the non-spoiler section, and but, like I I knew what the story was going to be about—the quest for gold, set in the snow area. And I just it, we we see the people um, marching up uh, to uh, up the mountain uh, looking for yeah. gold, or, or maybe just trying to survive. And then we see the tramp who is just still got the bowler hat, the cane, the suit, just so out of his element. I, I chuckled instantly when I saw him because I was like, wow, he just doesn't fit in with in this world where everyone's just completely just bundled with coats and hats. And he's just got this yeah. his bamboo cane and his and his suit and his little mustache and uh, he's got a backpack swung over his shoulders, and then he uh, <laughs> he he came to his side and said, "A man got lost on this spot," and so he turned the other direction. It's that was oh, for me just an instant laugh. Just the guy looks so out of his element, but it's just so fun seeing him this new saying that Chaplin's put him in. Yeah, it's great. I love the I love seeing the bear chase him or not chase, but follow him along the trail <laughs> when he's on. Yeah, like, it's gonna come back later too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so 
it's a great start. Uh, one of the best introductions to the Tramp, I I would say in yeah, uh, you know, one of his films, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's just gonna go from there. Yeah, after this, we see him uh, wander around. And then we see the lone man who's tearing up p- p- uh, his wanted posters. I don't believe we know exactly what he did. Uh, I reckon he's either stolen or killed somebody. Uh, but he's on. He's uh, alone in his cabin, and um, it starts to storm. And uh, Chaplin's making his way to uh, to the cabin. We also see uh, the. Uh, I believe the names <laughs> Big, Big Jim, Jim McKay. Jim. Yeah, yeah, Big Jim McKay as he's struggling to hold on to his uh, to his tent, and um, Chaplin makes it to the cabin and seek of shelter, but gets a bunch of snow. And I guess the actor is playing as a uh, uh, the. Do we know? Do we have exactly a name for this guy? Is he just, uh, or is he just a man? The 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 guy that's in the cabin. Are you saying? Yes. Sorry, I uh I don't remember his name honestly. I remember Big Jim McKay and then the Tramp, obviously, but uh-huh. I, I don't remember this guy's name. Yeah. Here, let me look it up. You keep going. Uh, yeah, and he and the the Tramp makes into this cabin, and uh the, the man he he walks out of the cabin. I, I, I'm not sure if we know exactly why, but it, it's. Uh, some some holes. Uh, a hole pokes into the uh the door, and, and we're getting there's two doors in this cabin, and we're gonna get some, uh, some banter with uh just how the the two doors work, uh, as as when it's, yeah. it's as when it's storming, it's pushing um one out of the cabin, and and that's all just really just fun interplay, uh but. The I'll refer to him as the man, unless you can find his name. But uh, his name is Black Larson. Yeah, I just looked it up. Black okay. Larson is the the character's name. Okay. Uh. Well, if Black Larson uh finds the, the tramp uh chewing on his on I guess a, a chicken leg of some sort, and uh that's that's gonna be a big thing that the the tramp <laughs> and uh Big Jim McKay and Black Larson are gonna have a really hard time. Uh, finding food, uh, but then after we uh, we get the uh, uh, big Jim McKay coming in, we get the the interplay with uh, the doors as they're blowing uh, them in and out, and that's just really fun stuff. You know, with the kid, I felt like I think you said this too. We were lacking just sort of with that lighthearted com- comedic tone to it. I, I'm instantly just more satisfied here with. Uh, uh, the gold rush when we're uh, here and just we're having that fun to play with the, the storm and all of that and uh, the, yeah. the guy playing as uh, uh, Big Jim McKay is really good at this also and just by appearance and just his motions and all that, um, obviously we're not able to use words, just sets up just how his character acts and he's, he's sort of a wild man while uh, the uh, Black Larson is just sort of a a much more slimy character uh, than these two are. And uh, like I said, uh, the tramp just looks so out of his element. And yeah. uh, Big Jim McKay is uh, Black Larson over the gun, mm-hmm. all that. And the gun keeps pointing um, at the tramp. And even as he's trying to move away, it just, just keeps just to keep following him. That's all just really fun interplay. I'm instantly having a great Yeah, time. there's lots of really great gags and bits here in the uh... – in the log cabin and you're right it's much funnier mm-hmm. than honestly anything in the kid was like it's laugh out loud hilarious yes. at this point yeah like, i was chuckling like it's just so it's so funny and uh every bit of comedy chaplin's good for is working it the the gag with the the gun it seems to, it never got old for me it's so it's just very funny and um, I think the Chaplin's just wrote these wrote these three characters to be really cool and interesting in their own way. I mean, they're not like the big Jim McKay and Black Larson aren't like three dimensional characters or anything. Yeah. But I mean, you you get the just uh, the, the the just the pairing of these people uh, is it, really just it's really well done on Chaplin's part. And um, as they're pacing around uh, the cabin, uh, just starving and not having any food to eat 
uh, just all that interplay with um, the lack of food is it's very just it's well done. And I, I like this. New, like I said, I like this new setting for the tramp with normally he's in uh, rundown uh, neighborhoods or in cities here, though. I, I've never seen the tramp for this type of setting before. And it's really fun to see him uh, in, in, in this new setting. Yeah. And I love the setting just on its own. The, I love the snow and all the, the fur coats that everyone has. I think it looks really cool. Yeah, this is a, a really one of, I'd say one of Chaplin's best looking movies just in this new setting. I think it looks really good. Uh, I mean, we're not like going like really far out as far as like, I guess, locations, but we're in Alaska. We're either in snow or these cabins and he makes it look so good and just unique. And with her, when Chaplin's uh, stumbled on a bit of food and he's, and uh, Black Larson is, uh, uh, trying to figure out if he ate the food. I, I, I do like all of that bits and comedy. It's it's very funny. And and then later when like their like sunken eyes later when uh uh when uh Big Jim McKay and uh the, the tramp are absolutely starving. That that's gonna be funny too. Yeah. But one they eventually come to the conclusion that one of them is gonna have to go out um to uh find them some food and this might be for me the funniest scene of the whole movie because I've been in a I guess somewhat of a similar situation with this you know if, if there's like a war whoever has the the highest card is the winner or whatever and when they're, they're picking a card for each themselves and whoever has the lowest card get has to go and and the tramp gets a three and I'm like oh Yep, he's going, and and I'm full too. And and he goes, and he he goes to get his coat and hat, and then uh, Black Larson gets the two, and that was absolutely hilarious. I was just rolling on the floor. It was so funny. Yeah, that's a great moment. It's what you know. This is definitely uh, chock full of jokes at this point, and that that's definitely a great one. And we're gonna get to one of the craziest visual gags. Uh, in a few minutes with the the live chicken or the chicken suit, I should yes. say. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, you want to talk about that? Yeah. So um, we'll talk about what uh, what Black Larson does later. Uh, but for right now, when ch- with the Tramp and uh, Big Jim McKay are alone in this cabin, I mean they're starving. Um, I-, I really just like it when they're they're eating the shoe. They're starving, yeah. and that's how. Uh, they're, I th- believe they're, yeah, they're eating Chaplin's shoe, and he's gonna have like some sort of bit of cloth that's really big, just covering his foot to act as a shoe. But they're eating his shoe over here, and, and like the chicks go like, oh, it's it's not bad, <laughs> and so they're they're eating and stuff. And the way he's nibbling on it, it's almost like they're the bones of of like a, like a chicken or something. That was a, a good bit of of humor, also, but um. Eventually, they just get so hungry, and uh, Big Jim McKay starts to lose his mind a little bit. Well, if he are, if he seems to be a little loony already, but um, <laughs> he um, just out of just hunger, he begins to look at Chaplin as as a chicken, and I just really like the sense of uh, of suspense he has because he. I really like that it's not the like for just five seconds; it comes on and off and on and off, and you're like, oh. Is this is getting really this is getting really intense? Like, is he, yeah, like when he's chasing him around with with the gun and stuff. And whoever was in the chicken suit, I wonder if it was Chaplin or somebody else was Chaplin because just the way the chicken moves, you could picture Chaplin underneath the the chicken outfit moving that way. Yeah, I'd like to believe it's Chaplin. The the comedic timing with the chicken is just too good. Yeah, just the way. He goes to sit down on the chair and he's he brushes his feet on the floor before he sits there. That I think that's something we see Tramp do before. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I didn't even notice that. Well, yeah, we have to remember that it really is the tramp underneath that chicken suit. Yes. And they do just a great job of uh going with that. And eventually Big Jim McCase is gonna cut the uh, chicken or not, um, he looks tasty. <laughs> so they go, they chase after each other, and uh, while uh, 
with this Jim McKay was thinking Chapel was a chicken. I like that Chapel is like grabbing all the weapons and he's burying them under the snow. We tying them under the bed. I like yeah. all all of that. But uh, when they come to that conclusion and they're chasing after each other, but uh, finally they 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 catch a bear and they go off in their separate ways. But before we get, get to the when they reach the town and all that, we gotta talk about Black Larson. Yeah, what went down with Black Larson here? I'm honestly I can't remember it very well. Well, to me, I didn't know exactly where intentions were at the beginning because he's out there roaming around and then he comes across um, some local law enforcement or people who might have just chased him all the way uh, from wherever he's come from. But uh, they uh, he runs into them and shoots both of the the, I guess, police officers dead or and uh, he takes their their sled and he he stumbles upon um their uh oh well uh big jim mckay's a uh, gold mountain which he found earlier and so they, they've come across that and uh black larson hits big jim mckay over the head with a shovel and uh big jim mckay's gonna suffer from a bit of amnesia <laughs> Yeah, that's right. <laughs> which is, yeah, which is a uh, pretty funny when he gets into town and when he's uh, tr- looking for uh, Chaplin's uh, silhouette and all that. That was that was uh, some good bit of comedy, also. But uh, like I said, they go off on the separate ways, and Black Larson moves off with the gold, but uh, he comes across uh, the edge of the mountain and the mountain. Uh, splits yeah. and he, he falls down and, and he's dead <laughs> yeah and those effects look really good I think that's some practical stuff that they did uh, you know it's the they cut from the shot pretty quickly obviously because you know they can't have him actually falling off a cliff but yeah. uh, it looks really good I'm not sure exactly how they did it oh I'm not either especially when we get into the like the house and stuff I'm guessing that was had to be some miniatures or something but uh, yeah, it, that, that one looks also like a looks really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it looks great. Yeah, it almost looks like a Wes Anderson type thing. Yes, it does. Just also the camera too. You know, something we haven't talked about is there's two cuts of this movie. There's the mm-hmm. 1925 almost uh, restored cut. I didn't know that going in. Like I, I was watched this on HBO Max, and I was just sort of I came across. I had to the gold rush and I clicked on it and. Oh, there's two cuts. There's a 1945 cut and a 1925 cut. But uh, uh, CJ on Letterboxd told, uh, put in his review that the 1925 cut's the best. So I was like, oh, well, I guess that's what I need to do. So uh, that's the cut that I watched. What about you? Yeah, I watched the 1925 cut always. I have yeah. yeah. Uh, and the, the tramp was into town uh, and... Uh, through this also, we see um, uh, our uh, romantic interest in here, Georgia, who gets her own title card every time she shows up. <laughs> like, uh, She gets it like three times. When we first see her, uh, it's like, Georgia, and there's like a, there's a, a flower there. And then uh, the, something I noticed also is the t- on the title card is the first one, the flower is up. Later, that flower is going to sink, which I, I'm interested in seeing. You know how that plays into the movie. Yeah, I didn't notice the flower moving, but I did notice the flower when it says Georgia up there. You know, definitely trying to bring the idea that that quality. Yes, if you have to say that now, uh, <laughs> with the flowers. <laughs> yeah, what did you think of um, our, 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 I guess our third love interest so far for um, the tramp? And uh, I think the way the audience is supposed to feel about her, she definitely has her moments where she kind of, you know, not to spoil anything, she gets, uh, she kind of, what's the word? She almost bullies the tramp in a way. She's a bit more of a great character. Yeah, she kind of, she makes fun of the tramp a lot. She, you know, she flirts with this guy that's obviously, you know, a big douche. 
And, you know, at first uh-huh. she's like acting all high and mighty and above it. But then eventually she ends up saying that she loves him, which, you know, is a pretty big flip flop. Mm. So I don't I'm not completely on board with her character, with the character of her character. But uh, uh, she's definitely an intriguing love interest, to say the least. Yeah, and I think her final moments aboard the boat at the end, that's when I was like, okay, this relationship works because of how when she covers for Chaplin later, that to me sells the relationship and, and we'll get into, into that later. But yeah, she is by far the most gray uh, character uh, or just gray, the most gray um, love interest that Chaplin has had so far. Um, in these movies, I think. I mean, like you said, she's going to really just mess with Chaplin later uh, and sort of bully him, like you said. And like you said, flirting, uh, just that the guy is clearly <laughs> not that yeah. nice. And as you put it, a douche. And um, that, the, and she is much more of a great character. I think that's why um, you might not be going for her as much, which makes totally which makes sense because I think that we are to be a little more skeptical of her and to feel, I mean, she's going to really break Chaplin's heart at uh, sort of midway in the movie when we get to that New Year's uh, bit of the film. And we, we sort of are like, do we really like her that much? And she sort of plays with Chaplin's emotions, which it, I was reminded of a uh, Jenny from Forrest Gump, who's not a, who's not always the best character uh, to Forrest Gump and is kind of roots him sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she gets a scene also in that movie where she's sort of like, yeah, these two can be together. And so that's how I thought at the end moments of the gold rush. But yeah, she up to the end of the movie, she's been a, just a very great character who's had moments where she seems really kind and also moments where she is kind of rude and is, uh, messing with Chaplin. Yeah, I definitely agree with you that she comes around in the end. Mm-hmm. And I, I really just, I'm. It's really on Chaplin also to sell me on the relationship. I think this actress does a good job of playing um, the, the great character of Georgia Hale. She does a good job. And when he's uh, when Chaplin looks at her and then he takes her photo. Um, from from the ground, I I just really like that bit when Chaplin's trying to to like cover it up and he's like using it as a fan and that um dirty looking guy is 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 watching him <laughs> as he's using it as a fan and stuff and then later when he's gonna be dancing with with mm-hmm. Georgia that was so funny when he's like oh my goodness he got yeah. it and that that was in a bit of just uh, just a funny moment also but uh, yeah, she's gonna be playing with this uh, rude guy. I think his name is uh, Hank Curtis, who she's sort of flirting with also. And uh, their dance scene, I think, is very sweet. Uh, but there's also gonna be moments where, like, uh, she's sometimes she's not that nice. But what did you think of their dance scene? Yeah, I thought it, it's very funny. You know, you got the dog coming in, getting hooked on him, and everything. But yeah, it is. It it definitely uh-huh. is uh, planting the seeds of the romance that doesn't really bloom till the end. But it you know it definitely mm-hmm. uh, lends itself to kind of the heartbreak uh, in a few scenes that the tramp runs into. And if you don't have this scene working as well as it does, the heartbreak wouldn't hit either. If that makes sense. Yeah, something that I was just really looking at Georgia for is. The moments when she likes Chaplin and the moments when she, when like she's just not interested and she's just messing with them. And for me, like, you know, I'm like, oh, she's just messing with, uh, with, uh, with Hank Curtis. And I'm not sure if she is as into this dance scene as the tramp is, but really just looking at the tramp's face, facial expressions, all that Chaplin's acting, you know, it's just so good. And all just all those, um, those those scenes of of him when you can tell that that he's he that he's enjoying this moment and i i do i do like their dancing just for what it does to the tramp character yeah and he on his part he definitely thinks that she is interested in him even though she's really not (laughs) yeah (laughs) which is sort of sad also uh i think the 
the uh, the trip character is much more in the dark on what his uh, romantic interest is thinking. Uh, he, I mean, I think he, there's many moments where he's like, oh, she, she likes me. Um, but there's also moments where, like, uh, he just isn't, <laughs> he's not quite sure, but I think most of the time, yeah, he thinks that, that she's that she's in love with him like he is to her. This scene is sweet, and it's got some comedy in it also when the, the dog gets stuck um, onto the chaplain and it pulls him away and he's got to get back up and all that. That, that, that is some good comedy. I, I like their dancing, but uh, I think later down the, in the movie, we're, we're going to feel a little bit more gray about uh, Georgia's intentions. Yeah, definitely. And she, you know, honestly, at points in this movie, I really do not like her at all. Yeah, when we get to that New Year's um, scene, I, I'm like really just against her really because i just like the tramp so much honestly and he's alone and they're thinking that that she's gonna show up and stuff i just really just don't like her here because she because i believe she says that uh he uh that that she'll be there at the new year's party yeah yeah she tells him that she'll show and then she does not (laughs) okay uh, well, the tramp goes to Hank Curtis's cabin, and um, he gets a job there to clean things up while um, the man there uh, is away. I, I believe it's Hank Curtis, the, the guy who's there when um, uh, Chaplin yeah. shows up. Is I'm not sure if it is Hank Curtis. He's a a, a much yeah, bigger. Yeah, I, I don't know if it is Hank Curtis. Honestly, uh, let me see. Is, I, I think he's oh, only in that one scene. Okay, no, it's not. It's Jack. His name is, uh, I think it's uh, Jack oh, Cameron, okay. who's playing the uh, the landlord. I guess Georgia's boyfriend. Yeah, uh, but the man there is Hank Curtis. So, okay, forgive us, listeners. I, I that was my mistake. I had the names uh, swapped. But uh, Chaplin goes to Hank Curtis's cabin, and he. Uh, uh, he cleans things up while he's away. We don't know a whole lot about this guy, I think, but while uh, while Chaplin's there, uh, he sort of makes a home for himself there. And it's funny when he gets uh, tripped over by the, the dogs on the sled and stuff. That's all great. And uh, Georgia comes over, Georgia and her friends come over playing snowball mm-hmm. and stuff. And when there are moments where Georgia is kind of uh, to the tramp, I, I I like her character, but there are moments also where I, I'm just really just sort of disgusted by her intentions. She seems to be uh, really well respected on the town, around the yeah. town and stuff. So I think looking at just sort of the the, the class of that town, she's probably on the the upper level. And so I I, I really just sort of just sort of turn on her in those those later scenes. Uh, but some of the, the the moments in the cabin are, are sweet between them. And there's also some moments where, like, Chaplin is he like lights his, his shoe on fire. And uh, I do and the scene when um she pulls over the pillow and the um the photo and the the flower there. What do you think of that scene or the, just that moment? Uh, which moment? Sorry, with the the picture. I'm I don't remember this one. Yeah. The, the picture in the flower when she's over there visiting uh, uh, Chaplin and uh, she pulls over the pillow and the, the, yeah, the picture. Yeah, um, yeah, well, the, the, that's the problem with Georgia is even her good you know, respecting the tramp and kind of, you know, treating him well are soured by her attitude towards him, you know? Like when she, for example, like mm-hmm. you're saying, when she finds the picture you know, she, she she thinks it's cute, you know, almost in like a childish way. She mm-hmm. definitely is very condescending towards him. And that is, uh, you know, some powerful pathos for the audience to latch on to. But, you know, her heart is in the right place. She's just not very mature about it. Yeah, I think you're right. I also feel like there's some moments where she's just a manipulator, honestly, with the uh... Jack Cameron and the Tramps character that they're just 
that she's sort of playing with both their emotions. And I think that she really does do that um, in this in this cabin scene when she is talking with uh, with uh, with the tramp and her friends and all that. And I think that she is sort of playing with Chaplin's emotions. And that's something that I was just sort of against her character for. But then also sometimes, like you said, it's very childish. And we honestly, I, I don't think we know how long she has been this respected and famous but maybe that's just maybe that's kind of what to her head honestly yeah well i like you said i think you know well this is kind of a small town so being high society here is not necessarily you know down to moral fiber or you know being incredibly intelligent or wealthy or you know talented in some way it's more just down to playing the the social game which is not always the best way to secure a character for yourself <laughs> yeah is she a dancer at this uh this uh i guess this what exactly is the restaurant or whatever you know that at? i couldn't tell you i i think it's a saloon i want to say okay. but it, it yeah why well, is she a dancer there uh i think she's a singer okay well, I think that's probably why she's just like, like I said, just so famous is because she's got a pretty face, <laughs> she's got a pretty voice, and that's just why she's so respected around there. Yeah, that's there. a good point. Um, but yeah, like I said, I, I'm just watching the the scenes of them in the cabin, uh, just on my Chrome. Yeah, the, she definitely she tells them that yeah, I'll be there New Year's Eve. Sort of like oh, this is sort this is not gonna go. 100% well for the tramp, but we're, I think we're all secretly hoping that she might show up, but I think we all deep down know that, yeah, she's probably not. Yeah, it definitely, I definitely had that impression the first time I watched it. I was like, oh no, I don't even want to see this. Yes! Oh my word. I was just so nervous. And also, I don't think the tramp really helps his case when she says that she'll be there and he dances around and smashes up all the pillows and stuff. <laughs> And then she comes in there, and she's she's ab- she seems absolutely horrified. He, she didn't. He didn't know that she was coming back. What? How could he have known that? What are you saying? And he plays it really well too. He's like, oh, and he's got his his arms behind his back and stuff. And we just feel really happy for the tramp, but we're also really sad because we not we're not quite sure whether or not she's gonna come. Yeah, the the greater the show of happiness, the greater the the disappointment will be. Yeah, and I guess that Chaplin is uh, a shoveler around this town. I, I know the scene after this, he's doing some shoveling. Yeah, I think he's just trying to make some extra cash. You know, they always want to want to yeah. show how the tramp is making it through. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I, I kind of know that too. I mean, he is he's coming from to the big city. I mean, <laughs> uh, but. You're right. Just when we get to uh, New Year and stuff, it's it's. I mean, he's got it all set up and stuff with, with the candles, and uh, he's got presents for them. And uh, he he falls asleep there, um, uh, waiting for them to come in. Then we get another dream sequence, like we did in the kid. Though I think this one is a little more tied into the plot than that one. Yeah, was. and this dream sequence is great. It's got some really uh, iconic Chaplin moments. Including the little the little potato dance on the forks, which I I love that moment. It's really yeah. great, and there's a good reason why it's so memorable uh-huh. for people. But yeah, this is just kind of a an idyllic dream of how the the New Year's Eve party could go, <laughs> but definitely will not in reality. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think even when even if she came over that night, just the way like she's. She's right beside him, and she's letting him kiss her, her hand, and all that. I, I think that 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 also just sort of t- tips off that yeah, this is probably not how things would have gone. This is definitely all in the trance. Yeah, line. for sure. And that's you know another example, kind of like uh, in the kid, where this dream sequence gives us an insight into what he's thinking. Yeah, I'd honestly say I think I like this dream sequence a little better, even though I did like the dream sequence. Well, this in one is kid. definitely much more closely connected with the plot. <laughs> yeah, I I do agree. 
but yeah, we the, the, the clock strikes. It's it's New Year's, and yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's so sad when he's that he's there and it just you know that um, that she's not coming. It, it's a crushing moment. I mean, I think we all had it in in the back of our minds that they probably weren't going to show up. But it, it's still a, a sad moment, what you think oh, of it. Oh, yeah. Super heartbreaking. Like, this is honestly, you know, most of the, the really tragic or emotional moments in Chaplin films are kind of bittersweet, you know? It's like, you know, there, there's some hope uh-huh. in it. But this is just kind of a complete dejection, which is not something we've really seen before, I think. I can't think of an example, at least. Maybe you can. No, I can't either. I mean, something that comes the closest to mind would be like either the 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 kid going away, uh, but you know that. Uh, but it's also like, oh, but he's coming back to his mother, so you've got that bit there. And then when Chaplin leaves um, the blind girl in City Lights, that's but he's also left her with a ton of money, and she's gonna start her flower yeah, shop or whatever. Exactly. So there's also that bit also. So it it is a it's it's a really just crushing moment. Not it's a feeling I haven't ever experienced with one of Chaplin's films. It's really sad. Yeah, but you know it's powerful in that it is so unique. Yes. Oh, definitely. I totally respect this scene just on a a, a writing level, just how well it's done, and it makes you sort of sneer at Georgia, who's over there partying with uh with Jack and mm-hmm. all that. It really kind of. You kind of turn on her also, especially you're just really fed up with her when she says, let's go. Uh, she says, that reminds me of our little tramp, the friend. Let's go up and have some yeah. fun with him. And that's just when like, oh, that's wow, I'm just not going with her character. Yeah, it's especially when you know just how dis- disappointed uh, the tramp is. And he's he's gone. And he leaves. Yeah. He goes over to look at them yeah, dancing. They kind of do a a flip flop, and they I don't know how they they pass each other mm-hmm. without running into each other. I guess I guess took <laughs> the byways. Yeah, and um, it, it's yeah. I will say you're you're sort of angry a little bit with um, uh, Georgia's character, but it's also sort of I think it's really I just owe it to the actress Georgia Hale. Because her, her her sitting there with um the note that Chapel left her is like to my love or yes. whatever. Uh that that's it's really Georgia Hill's acting that just makes that scene look just so well done. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh most people in this are doing very well, but Georgia for sure is hitting those notes. And you know, just the fact that we feel so many different emotions towards her character throughout is a testament to that. Yes, it is. I, I think a lesser actress would have made me just hate uh, um, Georgia, but I think just with her acting, it, it makes um, you feel just a little more upbeat to her because you want her to make the right decisions, but she's making the wrong ones when she says, I love you to Jack, which is another scene that you just really just don't go with her on. Yeah, but sure. um, she sort of feels a little redeemed when she's pushing Jack away, but also at the same time, we we don't she still is pining for Jack later, which is uh just another disappointing moment for the character. But yeah, she's like I said, the most gray of uh Chaplin's romantic interests in these movies. Yeah, absolutely. And then she, you know, the the tramp is just kind of floating around the do we say saloon? Yeah. <laughs> He's floating around the saloon and then yeah, let's just call yeah. it a saloon. And then what was the guy's name? Jack, right? Uh, before he's floating around, we got Big Jim McKay oh, coming yeah. in. Oh, about Big Jim McKay. Yep, uh, he uh, has a bit of amnesia. He, I, I didn't. He's he's just he hasn't completely lost it, but uh, he has lost a bit of his memory. And uh, he comes in and uh, he says he's got a mountain of gold. But he, he can't remember where it is, so he's gonna. Uh, the tramp knows where the cabin, um, that mountain of gold. Yeah, well, is. he knows where the cabin. Yeah, the is, cabin. And then, uh, Big Jim McKay thinks that he can find the gold from the cabin. 
Yeah, and uh, like you said before, I talked about Big Jim McKay. Um, um, Georgie is still um, pining for um, uh, Jack yeah. Cameron, and that's just another moment where you're like, she had that moment in the cabin where you're like, oh, uh, maybe she is just feeling just a little bit, I like at least emotion towards the tramp. But she's still going um, for uh, Jack's character, and she pushed him away earlier in the cabin, and that's why she's giving this note to him. But Jack doesn't really seem to mind. He's out there dancing with another girl. And he takes. It, does he take yeah. the same note that she sent him and send it to the? I'm pretty sure he does. Yeah, that's just another moment for Jack. We just really just don't like him. He just thinks nothing of it. He laughs and he shows it to his friends, who I guess used to be Georgia's friends. I don't know if she hangs out with them anymore, but um, he tells the waiter to go give the note to the tramp, which is just another, like, oh, man, moment. Like, because, I mean, the tramp has some cleverness, cleverness to him. But at the same time, he he's not the brightest bulb in the box either. So when he gets that note, yeah, I mean, what else does he think? But yeah, Georgia is apologizing to him for not showing up at the um, at the cabin for New Year's. Moment where the tramp really realizes or thinks he's realizing that Georgia really does like him, and he's completely wrong. But it doesn't matter because he's. <laughs> He's got the motivation he needs to go with Big Jim McKay and get the gold. Yeah, he cut. He Big Jim McKay shows up and, and he's tells him to come on and he'll make him a millionaire. And uh, he goes up and he like he gives her. A, he embraces her. And he's like, oh, 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 whatever. And he just he goes off and he goes with Big Jim McKay. And uh, Georgie's is kind of looking at him, sort of confused, pitying him a little bit. Uh, I really feel like that's just, for so far throughout the movie, that's the biggest emotion Georgie's felt towards Chaplin is just pity. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, that's all going to change. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she kind of changed her tune. There's... <laughs> then there's the... They're, they're, they're going off and they, they reach the cabin and um, uh, they stay there for a little bit. Uh, and uh, Chaplin also gets a little drunk, doesn't he? Uh, I don't remember. Uh, in the cabin? Uh, honestly, yeah. Honestly, I think, I think I skipped through a little bit of that part when I watched it this time around because I was crunched for time. So I don't remember that. Sorry. Yeah. Oh no, it's fine. And he he takes it a, like a a few big chugs out of whatever is in, um, Big Jim, Big Jim McKay's uh, his canteen, or, and after that he's just sort of groggy, oh, um, yeah, yeah. a little, and then just then he just passes yeah, you're out. Right, because then they wake up in the cabin, and you want to talk about the cliff hanger. <laughs> oh, nice. Um, yeah, they're, this, uh, the storm comes back and the the house is just completely whisked away. Um, probably to the, the one of the near the same cliff where um, Black Larson uh, met his doom. Black, uh, the, yeah, when Black Larson met his doom, right. And um, that's just a, it's a great bit of comedy there, but there's a little bit of suspense there also. Like, what exactly is going to go down here? How are they going to get out of this? And I think just with the tilting of the houses and stuff, Chaplin does a great job of giving you uh, some, some suspense. But, I mean, I don't think any of us think that the tramp's going to die. Right. But, I mean, I, I I like Big Jim McKay. and I don't have anything to happen to him. Yeah. Um, he hasn't done anything horrible. Yeah, it's also kind of a comedic suspense because it takes them a really long time to figure out how uh, precarious the their situation is. And it's kind of hilarious as the audience member to see them continue to be affected by, you know, the, the their house being hung over the edge of a cliff, but they don't realize it. They think they're just hung over. 
Yeah, that's exactly. That's why I think there was alcohol in that canteen because Chaplin's just like he's like rubbing his stomach. He's like, it must be my stomach, and it, that is this, like it, like the title card says, "Blissful Ignorance." And the, it, I, we get some just really funny comedy out of there where they just really don't know what's going on, and when they do, and they're trying to scramble up to the top. That's also some great comedy as well. And the scene also just looks really good with the the house over the yeah. Cliff. That looks really good also. I mean, it's definitely a miniature, mm-hmm. but it still looks great. The, the door, and that looks great, even though it's only for a second. Uh, you know, any any longer yeah. would have been very obvious and a little a little cheap, but, it, you know, they, they time it perfectly in the edit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the scene looks good. It's funny. Uh, it's got a bit of, like you said, comedic suspense as well. Uh, I really like the whole scene, and uh, they they find um, the gold, and uh, they're they're millionaires, <laughs> just like Big Jim McKay said. Yeah, which you know, it's nice to see uh, the tramp get a win after all that he's been through so far. Oh yeah, I was surprised. Like I didn't think, like I I was pretty confident that they were gonna find the gold or something, but I didn't know if. Uh, the trap would end up being a millionaire by the end of the of the story, but yeah, he is, and by the end of the movie, he is as well. And it, it, like I said, with uh, modern times and city lights, you kind of hope that continuity doesn't matter with the tramp's character because uh, is how is he just going to go broke? Is he going to spend all his money? <laughs> what exactly is going to happen? Yeah, you're right. And they they come back and uh, they're they're on a boat and they they've got nice nice a nice suit and they're they're all looking they're looking good and uh, the, the the trip still kind of feels out of his element. Just with the, I really like the detail when they're walking down the street or whatever and. Um, Chaplin's looking for a cigarette and he just picked one up off the floor probably what he used to do when he was a kid. Yeah. Um, but now, now he's just they've got tons of cigarettes so he just takes one from Big Jim McKay's pack I just really like that detail and um, you know we've been, we've been talking about uh, Georgian like I said he's sort of a, a bit of gray character um, throughout the whole movie but um, she's here. Uh, we don't know who the stowaway is, do we? Is it Georgia who's the stowaway? Uh, I'm not sure, to be honest. I think it's, I think the stowaway was just a mechanism for her to think that it was the thing. Yeah. Well, regardless of, regardless of who it is, it, it makes for a, a really, just a, a, t- a touching ending when they're going to take that picture and um, <laughs> Chaplin sort of uh, waves his hand at the at uh, the camera, and uh, they 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 kiss, and it's it's a it's a touching scene. Yeah, and uh, uh, CJ told me this one time when I was watching it that apparently the in the photographer was like, "Oh, you took a picture or whatever." I think that was like a reference to the the studio that was saying like they didn't want her to like move up with him at the end or something. So he basically over over uh, that decision is that I don't think that's the right this the, the, the... <laughs> oh, <sorry. laughs> uh, yeah they end up together and so that was just kind of back and forth of looking at the the studio. Yeah, that then that, I'm not. I, I don't know if, it, if that is the case. That that's pretty funny. I I definitely think that Chaplin doesn't really uh, listen to studios a whole lot. He just kind of does whatever he wants. And uh, I just know from his autobiography that he had some trouble um, just keeping control over all his productions. Yeah. Keep fading oh, out. I was just saying, yeah, I agree. He definitely had trouble with the studios, but he fought for them because he, you know, he cared about his projects. 
Yeah, you're right. Uh, and that that's that's basically the end. It's a like I said, another five star Chaplin for me, and it, it's really good. Chaplin does the romance uh really well. He adds just a new flavor to it with the um the romantic interest not being um the just sort of the the perfect character that. Uh, she then all the other romantic interests have kind of been, but I think that makes for just a, um, a new take and an interesting story. And I like the new setting to the trip. This movie looks really good, and yeah, I, just, I love every element of the, of the movie. Yeah, me too. It's like I said at the beginning, uh, it's not my absolute favorite, but I have mad respect for it. Definitely a five star, yeah. What element of it makes it one on your lower five stars? Um, for me, I feel like I think the story drags a little bit for me. Uh, I'm not quite as invested in the Tramps romance because I can't really uh, get behind Georgia as much. And I get, uh, I don't know. I think it's just a personal preference thing, honestly. I couldn't point to a reason. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I'm. I think I'm with you. There are some moments where you know, the movie might drag. I, I do think that this probably, like I said, isn't as good as Bar Times and Sea Lights, but I think it is better than than the kid. And, yeah, definitely. Um, so uh, we'll take a quick break and we'll get back to we'll get back to it with our um, five movies you want to see soon. Unless there's anything you want to add to uh, the Gold Rush before we close. No, off. that sounds good to me. All right, then we'll be back with our top five movies we want to see soon. Yep, we're back. How's it going? How was your break? (laughs) It was good. Um, So, all right. Um, All right, I will say that not my five movies that I've been wanting to see soon haven't changed because I haven't. Um, seen anything since we last talked with uh, um, Modern Times and the Kid? Yeah. Uh, but I know that you, from what you said with the um, uh, Dead Man, and uh, I can't pronounce that other title, but yeah. <laughs> um, uh, what what's on your top five? Um. Well, I'm still just kind of working through the last five that I said, so I still have uh, Brazil on my list. That's probably one I'm going to watch very soon. Uh, or rewatch mm-hmm. very soon because I want to see where that ranks now. And mm-hmm. after that, honestly, like, you know, we went, we were talking about books earlier. I think I'm going to do some reading for a while. <laughs> I've been watching lots of movies recently. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's all I got on my list, honestly. Yeah. Uh, for me, Mike, but I'm still wanting to go through more of uh, Chaplin's, um, uh, some more of his films, but yeah, I'm with you. Like, I've been reading the the book Dune, which you know I've talked to you before off off record, and I'm really having a hard time staying invested in it. And I was just, I, I I'm, I'm struggling, but like I'm gonna finish it at some point. But I'm gonna focus more on those on that Charlie Chaplin autobiography and the Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. I, um, if our if any of our listeners have read the book Dune and enjoyed it. Um, let me know. I'm just having a hard time staying completely invested with it, and there's a, a many of the parts that drag, and I don't feel like we've gotten to the the thick of the plot yet. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I haven't read that one. I think you know, but uh, yeah, I am really excited for that movie still, just because I love Timothy Chalamet and I love what Dennis Villeneuve, if I'm saying that right. Uh, <laughs> did with uh, Blade Runner 2049, which is a really great science fiction movie. So I'm excited. I hope you can yeah, you the book, though. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely like to finish it before the film comes out, which is probably going to be likely just because of COVID and all of that. Um, but yeah, I'll definitely finish it at some point. Uh, but I am going to be focusing more on the the autobiography and Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy just because I feel like those are going to be a little more interesting than Dune is. Honestly, I know people really like that series. I'm struggling. Yeah. Hey, that's fair. Yeah. So doesn't sound like our our five has changed much just because uh, of the ones you you rewatched. Uh, so for now, uh, Patrick, if we ever come back to uh, Chaplin, what are the 
Well, how would you rank the movies we've discussed so far? Uh, um, from least to best. From least to best? Or from... Uh, well, whichever is the best would be last. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, from least to best, I would say The Kid, uh, The Gold mm-hmm. Rush, Modern Times, and then City Lights. Yeah, mine is the exact same. Um, the Kid, uh, which, you know, I gave that one four and a half stars. Really good. Uh, it just doesn't have the just that really lighthearted feel with um, Chaplin's movies that I've just come to love and The Gold Rush and um, Sea Lights in Modern Times. But um, after that, yeah, Gold Rush. We just talked about that. So, <laughs> And then yeah. um, uh, Modern Times, uh, you and that one's just so good. I mean, and then Sea Lights, which is even better. Um, each of them is good in its own way. And yeah, Chaplin is just, he is continuing to uh, impress me the more and more of his movies I watch. But I'd definitely like to come back on the show and talk about Chaplin some more. I'd still have to get, I still have to get through like The Great Dictator and uh, all of that. But that, that'd be, I would be more than willing to come back and talk about some more Chaplin. Yeah, uh, The Great Dictator is actually one that I forgot about that was on my uh, list of five last time. Still haven't seen, so. I'll be watching that one too, as well as Brazil. Yeah. Um, so um, coming up next for the Movie Max podcast, uh, Patrick, you and I are going to be looking at some movie news and headlines soon. Which it's been a while since we did um, uh, some more of of that. Uh, we've only done one of those episodes before, but um, we'll get back to it uh, in uh, next week. I think on uh, Sunday. If I make it back in time from um, uh, Kansas City, I'm going to go to um, watch some fights. And then after that, we're going to see Dark Knight Rises, uh, where uh, Sam will be jumping back on with us again. We'll close off our Batman retrospective. We'll rank them. And uh, that should be really fun. It's been this uh, dark, this Batman retrospective has been. Uh, really long. It's spanned over from the beginning um, to the end, and we've done many, many other franchises in between. But it's just really been scheduling that's been just been uh, taking a while for us to finish all this retrospective. But if you've been listening to our bad retrospective and are waiting for Dark Knight Rises, um, we're glad that you're there waiting because uh, I think we'll have a good episode for you. Yeah, I'm excited about that one. The Dark Knight Rises has always, I felt, been a little. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't understand all the all, all the hate for it. Honestly, I mean, we'll we'll get into it, but uh, that one is, is it is underrated for sure. So, uh, Patrick, where can people find you if they want to um, hear more about you? Uh, if you want to hear more about me, you can look me up on Letterbox. Uh, my name is Patrick O'Segan, and that's my username on Letterbox, but it's just one word: uh, capital P, capital O. S-I-G-I-A-N is the O'Segan part, if you have trouble with that. Uh, that's pretty much it. How about you? Where can people find you, Noah Newcomb? <laughs> yeah, basically my name, honestly, on Letterboxd. Um, capital N-O-A-H and then capital A-W-C-O-M-B. Two words. You can also find me over my blog, the noahnewcombhub.blogspot.com. I'm always cooking something up over there, so I, I post things on there fairly regularly, so uh, I've got tons of other reviews and uh, just me talking about movies, basically. So if you like that, then you should enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, we will be back uh, with some movie headlines and then we'll discuss The Dark Knight Rises next week, which will be fun. All right. So if you wish to um, let us know what you think of the show and um, give us your feedback, uh, let us know. Uh, you can our email is moviemaniacs2020 at, at gmail.com and uh, Patrick thank you so much for joining me this has been a really uh, really fun talking about some Chaplin yeah thank you for having me and uh, thank you for going along trying to have my ideas for these Chaplin movies so thanks for coming along for a ride yeah of course it's been great I mean Chaplin has just continued to uh uh, come up the list of, and my like my favorite directors and actors and just in movies in general it, it, he just continues to impress he exceeds and just everything he goes for it, it, it's amazing I've never met 
a director with just with that um this with that talent um but yeah i'd be more than open to talking about some more chaplain but yeah i hope you've enjoyed listening to these chaplain episodes so um yeah we'll be back with movie headlines and uh thank you once again for joining me and thank you for listening to this episode and uh go listen to some of our other episodes as well with the batman retrospective and go listen to some of our other chaplain episodes if you haven't already uh, we hope you've enjoyed this episode. This has been episode 34 of the Movie Main Next podcast. Thank you for listening. <laughs>